There are more questions than answers. Like I ordered Botox instead of Bowflex this week, but you can't tell that I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, women wear fake hair, fake nails, fake lashes, contacts. They buy a fake tan. They have fake chest, fake bottoms and get Botox. But they're all looking for a real man. Good luck with that. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events. The mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listened to and watched before she went to bed, her unconscious mind picks and pulls and she snores that very tune. Let's have a listen. Yes, busting makes me feel good. So snuggle under your covers. I'm not afraid, not afraid. Turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly... The mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also a producer and sound engineer. Heather discovered this week how many dyslexics it takes to change a light bulb. The answer is Stephen. Welcome oh. to the show, Heather. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I went on to dyslexic doc mock this week. Just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> what? I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy 
Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realized this week that the phrase, forgive me, father, for I have sinned, is the same as, sorry, daddy, I've been naughty. Welcome to the show, Michelle. <laughs> oh, hello. Wow. Also joining us tonight is Chad Peters, our resident psychologist. Chad was looking through old pictures and wondered, where the hell did that shirt go? Welcome to the show, Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you ever look back through old photographs and think, I love that shirt. I love those jeans. Where did they go? What happened to them? It's a strange and rare beast. This is season three, episode 38. And as always, we stumble into the first round. It is a general lack of knowledge. <laughs> that was huge. Why, thank you, madam. <laughs> I'm sat here starting the show and the biggest spider you have ever seen in your life just came down from the ceiling and hovered in front of my face. I swear to God, it had tattoos and a switchblade. I, I watched it all the way down, yeah. smiling. And then what did I do? You flicked it. I flicked it at Michelle and it covered quite a big distance. Very funny indeed. I was hoping to get bitten by a radioactive spider, but it never happened. We're joined, of course, by the Botox-injected gong of infinite knowledge, the tummy tuck of facts, <laughs> and the eyebrow lift of statistics. Don't look so surprised. <laughs> Stand back. That signals our first round on this very day in 1907. Famous American actor Burgess Meredith was born. I love him. Known, of course, for playing the Penguin in Batman, appearing in Rocky Grumpy Old Men, which was filmed here in Minnesota, yep. of course. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And one of the most famous Twilight Zone episodes of all time, where he breaks his glasses and he's the only person left surrounded by books. He sadly passed in 1997, but we're celebrating his birthday today. Mm. So, for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre and strange and fascinating facts about the Twilight Zone. Mm. Neil, 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 Neil. The legend that is Rod Serling was contracted to write all the Twilight Zone scripts from 1959 to 1964, every single one of them. But this was a bit of a stretch for the gentleman. Difficult to write that every single week for all of those episodes. So he decided to give new writers a chance and ask for script submissions. These are in the days of typewriters, of course, to get your points tonight. Points will be given Closest one wins. How many scripts did Rob Serling receive when he asked for submissions for the Twilight Zone? And I'll give you a clue. We're working in units of a thousand. Thirty-six hundred. Miss Morris is going for three thousand six hundred scripts. How many do you think, Michelle? Five thousand. How many? Five thousand. Five. You're going to go slightly more. You're upping that to five. Chad, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking there? We'll go 12,000. 12,000. Chad, you are back to your best after a strange and bizarre <sighs> week last week. I shall give you two remarkable Twilight Dimensional <laughs> points. It was 14,000. He received 14,000 scripts when he asked for submissions. I was going to say, guess how many were actually used in the show. And I'll give you some extra points because I'm feeling very philanthropic. I'm just picking this up, giving you a chance. How many of those 14,000 scripts 
for the Twilight Zone were actually used. Hold on, five years, 52 weeks in a year. It looks painful, doesn't it? Uh, 250. 250. Michelle, how many of those scripts do you think they actually used on the show? 75. Chad, what are your thoughts? 60. You have won some more points. <laughs> You're up to a fantastic, well-written and rounded four points. They used absolutely none of them. <laughs> he claims to have read about 500, but they were all so terrible and so bad that he just didn't bother. So none of those 14,000 scripts were actually used. I love Rod Serling. I thought I'd share that with you. I think he died when he was 50. He died... Very young indeed. Hmm. One of his quotes that I like, and I often use this quote, he said, there is nothing in the dark that isn't there when the lights are on. People often ask me when I'm giving my talks, when I'm giving my lectures, why do you investigate in the dark? And I quote Rod Serling and say, I've seen just as much stuff in the daytime. We tend to investigate in the dark primarily because there's less people around. And we don't get so much noise pollution at three o'clock in the morning in a public library. Then you're more focused. And you get a chance to see energy. And people have to work during the day. That's right. There are many wondrous reasons why investigations are at night time. But you'll see just as much during the day. On this day in 1966, Clunny McPherson, the Canadian, invented... I was going to say invented the what? What do you think Clunny McPherson, the Canadian... Would have invented what the do McMuffin. You think? He invented the McMuffin. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> what would Clunny McPherson have invented? You think he died this very day in 1966? He invented what? This isn't for points. I'm just interested in your psychic skills at this point. What would he have invented? Clunny McPherson. I kind of get you. He invented the hockey stick. He invented the hockey stick. Chad, any thoughts? Uh, the ice skate sharpener. You are all completely wrong, and I didn't expect you to get it, but I thought we'd have a bit of fun with that. And we would have been here for weeks and weeks and weeks and still not got this. He invented the gas mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. So you were close, I guess. That's not funny. <laughs> it is when you said McMuffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe two hours later you'd need a gas mask. Wow, we had to follow my dad into the bathroom with one of those. Unbelievable. I've got a fear of gas masks. I think they're very scary. Yeah, I don't like them. There are some things in life that you have an unnatural, or I guess it's a natural fear, perhaps. I don't know. I don't like seeing gas masks. They scare me. Yeah. I don't like, um, if we're going with unnatural or strange things that scare me and I have a fear of, ship's propellers. (gasps) If you see a ship going down like the Titanic and you see the propeller still going around, as it goes under the water, yes. that sends shivers. I used to go kayaking in a kayaking club around the deep water docks, the Victoria and Albert docks in London. And there'd be those huge one mile long cargo freighters and there'd be me kayaking and you'd be going past the propellers. And oh, yeah. even now it sends a shiver up my spine. Scissors, not a fan of scissors. Huh. Yeah. I don't like those razors. The Oh, cutthroat yeah. razors. Like sure you're not watching Sweeney Todd? No. That's bad. Miss Morris, what do you have a fear of that's a bit strange, a little bit odd? I actually have a fear of a sound. (gasps) And the sound is like biomechanical something walking towards you. Like Like a Cyberman from Doctor Who. Yes, I do do not like that at all. It gives me the willies. 
we can find that sound for you. Chad, do you have any bizarre, strange phobias or fears outside of the normal ones? I think the Plague Doctor masks are super creepy. Yes. I love them. I think they may have had things like rose petals in the end right, of them and yeah. spices to get rid of the smells. They almost look like gas masks, don't they? Yeah. Or Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. Well, that is also true, of course. <laughs> but he wasn't, Jekyll. he wasn't very popular in 1666, I'm led to believe. He came around a little bit later. In 1938, the British government issued gas mask respirators to every man, woman and child. 40 million back in the day because, of course, they thought the Germans would be dropping gas on Britain. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about gas masks. Now, they issued gas masks to children 18 months to four years old. My dad had one of these and he talks about it very fondly he remembers sitting in an anderson shelter at the end of the yard being carpet bombed for three years solid by the germans every single day in east london living by the docks to get your points tonight what was odd about the children's gas mask that the british government issued for children between 18 months and four years old it covered their whole head it covered their whole head yeah like a horse in the First yeah. World War. You're yep. going to go with the complete coverage... Of the melon. Over the melon. Yes. There's a lot of melon-headed kids in Minnesota. Yeah. I didn't realise, having read The Peanuts, Charlie Brown, <laughs> when I was a youngster back in Britain, based on the fact that Charles Schultz was from Minnesota. And, and the melon have, head. And he has... If you walk around Minnesota, they have Charlie Brown statues everywhere. You can find them all over the yeah. place. Um, There's one in the Mouse Theatre, I believe. I can't remember. It might be Charlie Brown or Snoopy. I can't remember. But there's Lucy and Linus. They're everywhere. I didn't realise that was based on reality. There are melon-headed kids in this state. Yes. Their heads wobbling around like a giant watermelon, like a cherry on a cocktail stick. An orange on a stick. I didn't (laughs) realise he based that on reality. Yes. What are you thinking, Michelle? Morris has gone with the complete coverage of the melon. What was odd? about the children's gas mask issued to British children at the beginning of the Second World War. I think you zip the whole kid into it. So it's got like a complete bag that you put them in. That sounds very reasonable. That sounds like a reasonable answer. Chad, any thoughts, any suggestions or ideas? They were decorated like cartoon characters. You are 100% correct. You are on fire. It makes me think you've been looking at my notes while I went to squeeze the lemon before the show started. It was in the shape of Mickey Mouse. It was a Mickey Mouse gas mask. It was in red and blue. And there was a little raspberry, a little balloon that you would blow where the nose was. My dad remembers wearing such wonders. I will say to Heather... And I will say to Michelle that anyone under 18 months of old did actually have a bag that they were put in. And then you'd have like a pump and you would pump oxygen in, you know, manually. So little children that were very little babies were put into such bags. But when the children was older, it was a Mickey Mouse gas mask. That is the answer I wanted. Chad is now up to a fabulous Donald Duck six. I wish my dad still had that. We could do with that Mickey Mouse gas mask just to follow him into the bathroom. No. Mm-mm. He farted at work once and the maintenance was called to look for a sewage leak. Things were that bad. Mm-mm. I'm smiling and pretending to read this script while I'm actually silently farting my ass off. I just thought I'd share that with you. I hate you. I love mm. this show. I did actually walk into a Starbucks once and I couldn't hold one in any longer. So I logged on to iTunes 
up the volume briefly so I could just let rip. Then I saw everyone was looking at me and I realised <gasps> I was listening with my earbuds in. Nice. On this day Mm-mm. in 1939, Al Capone was released from Alcatraz jail. Isn't it interesting that we do this show every Friday night and there's some themes that come through that things happen on a certain day and tend to repeat themselves because on this day in 1957, US murderer and body snatcher Ed Gein killed his last victim. So we have a strong theme of criminality running through today's anniversaries. Mm. He was from Wisconsin, of course, home of the serial killers. Yes. I know that is a stereotype because at the end of the day, from Wisconsin, there was only Ed Gein, Edward Edwards, Walter Ellis, Joseph Franklin, Jeffrey Dahmer and David Stambaugh. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and many, many others. So I guess it's the long, cold winter evenings and an affliction for eating cheese. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio. I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about the crazy laws and crimes in Wisconsin. And there's many wondrous points to be won. Not a million miles away, of course. If we jumped on the interstate, we'd be in Wisconsin in about three hours, I believe. Mm -hmm. If we went directly east, what are you not allowed to do to parade participants anywhere in Wisconsin. So Throw you've, peanuts. You've got a nice parade going. You've got your Mickey Mouse gas mask on. All's good in the world. You've got your flag. You're walking mm-hmm. down the street. You are not allowed to throw peanuts at them. Yes. Especially if you've got a peanut allergy. Yes. Would be very problematic. Yes. Miss Morris says in Wisconsin, you're not allowed to throw peanuts at parade participants. What are you not allowed to do to them, Michelle? Mock them. You are not allowed to mock them. That would be a terrible thing. Terrible for the self-esteem. Chad, any thoughts what you're not allowed to do to parade participants in Wisconsin? Can't go out in the street and dance with them. You cannot join in with them. You cannot dance with them. I will give Morris a single point because she had the idea of throwing missiles at them, even though it was peanut-based. You are not allowed to fire missiles at parade (laughs) participants in Wisconsin. That makes me think... That at some point in the distant Somebody past, did. someone launched a missile at a parade. Mm, sea pickle. There's a group of kids <laughs> launched a sea pickle. <laughs> wow. That's going to be a danger to shipping. Wow. She minded you your business. You're marching along. <laughs> missile launch. Yeah. Sidewinder missile. Heat-seeking missile. The melon-headed kid with the hottest head gets hit. Yeah. I shall give you one point. If your partner in Wisconsin is having an orgasm in the throes of one, you must never, ever do this in Wisconsin. So you're halfway through. You've reached the finishing line, perhaps, of practicing the physical arts. You've got to the point of no return. You are there in a moment of apoplectic ecstasy. (laughs) The last thing. Keep going. Make it up. The last thing you are allowed to do in Wisconsin during that moment, Miss Morris. Sneeze. is, Is to sneeze. Someone could die. Yeah. Wow. You wouldn't want to do that in the middle of a cornfield with allergies, would you? Right. You could be doing life. Don't you sneeze. could be going to old Sparky by the end of the week. <laughs> yes. For sneezing in the middle of the throes of ecstasy. Michelle. Take a call from your mom. Take a call from your mother. Oh, man. That the times be... that's happened to you. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> she helps me get over the line in many respects. Oh. oh. oh controversial 
Chad, what are you not allowed to do in the throes of ecstasy? I don't know if it's illegal or not, but you probably shouldn't call her somebody else's name. That also would be <laughs> a problem. You are not allowed to fire your gun. <laughs> Isn't that the point? <laughs> I thought that was the point. Because apparently she may hear it from the neighbor's house. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. <laughs> you are not allowed to fire your gun while someone is reaching the finishing line in Wisconsin, <laughs> which makes me think that that's also happened and someone's been sued. You've ruined the moment. God damn it. You're firing your guns into the air. It's like wow. Yosemite Sam porn. Yosemite Sam pornography. No. Wow. Mm. That's not good news. Everything was going great until I saw the Yosemite Sam video. This isn't good news. I shall move on very swiftly. Yeah. You cannot make a squirrel do this in Wisconsin. <laughs> I love this show. You cannot make a squirrel do this. You can't force it to do this. You can't reflect upon this. Uh, Poor little buggers. You can't make them cross the road. You cannot force, at gunpoint, a squirrel <laughs> to, to cross, cross the, road. the road just to prove to the raccoon that it is actually possible. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, you're not allowed to make a squirrel do this. Beg. You can't make a squirrel beg. Just give it the nut. Yeah. It's not going to put on a parade for you. We don't want any missiles flying over here. No. Mm-mm. Chad, what are your thoughts? You can't make them into a puppet. Oh, roadkill puppets. Fun for all of the family. I was thinking family. like live marionette. But... Uh, you wasn't putting your hand up in there or anything <laughs> like no. that. You're not allowed to make a squirrel worry. <laughs> if you make it slightly concerned, <laughs> give it a little bit of consternation, you've got problems. You're going straight to jail. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not keck $200. It is illegal to ride a bike without what in Wisconsin? A bike seat. You are not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get letters from Wisconsin. (laughs) Look at her. She's never off her bike. She must be one of the fittest people in town. (laughs) Never off it. Always riding around on it. Look how how happy she looks, getting all that fresh air and exercise. It's my favourite. Michelle, what is it illegal to ride a bike without in Wisconsin? Tires. It's not allowed. You can't. I don't even know where to go with that. Chad, help me out. What are your thoughts? You know that 90s song, I Can Ride My Bike With No Handlebars? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not the name of the song. I bet. Couldn't do that in Wisconsin. It makes me think, you are cheating, sir. You are now up to a, I want to ride my bicycle eight. You are not allowed to ride your bicycle without your hands on the handlebars. Uh, Look, mum, no teeth. So I can ride it with no seat. You can do whatever you want. Perfectly legal. Woo! Anything you want. It is illegal for men to be out and about in public if they are what in Wisconsin? They're not allowed to be out in public, in the mall, in the park, in the theatre, shirtless. The cinema. You're not allowed to walk around shirtless. with your shirt off. Yeah. God forbid if Gandhi should roll up on the shores of Wisconsin, he would That's be right. in jail as we speak, doing bird, eating gruel. Yeah. Michelle, men aren't allowed to be out in public if they are what? Oh, my God. If they are Vikings fans. This is uh, <laughs> probably a good law. It needs to be put in place. What are your thoughts, Chad? Cross-dressing. It's a pretty 
repressed society there, right? It is illegal for men to be out and about in public if they are what? The answer is in a state of arousal. Oh, God. Huh. <laughs> As a kid, when that happened to me at school, I thought it was a compass pointing to the woman I would eventually marry. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson, the history teacher, was as surprised as anyone. <laughs> that was then. <laughs> but this is now. As we get to our favourite part of the show, it's the mailbag. Yeah! We love the mailbag. I love reading out your messages of support. I love reading out your comments. If you go to Facebook, search for more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And you will find us on there. All of the comments are written on there, but we have much, much more. All of tonight's stories, the stories that we didn't have time for. All of the bands of the cartoons, the camaraderie, the jokes. Everything is waiting for you. It's like one big happy family. And we have 6,200 followers on there, so thank you one and all. Now, regular listener Daniel posted, Women love when you kiss their neck. Just not when they are driving. And you're in the back seat, and they don't know who you are. Valuable advice (laughs) for everybody. Daniel listens every Friday night. Of course, on the Dark Matter digital network, that is where you can catch us first. We're on at 10 p.m. Central Time. We have 100,000 listeners into 190 countries all over the world. And I will give you a rundown of those today, actually. Number one, of course, is the United States of America. Two, the UK. Number three this week is Canada. Four, Germany. Mm. Doing well in Germany. Number five is Ireland. So thank you to all of our listeners in the Emerald Isles. Number six is Russia. Number seven, New Zealand, where The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings was filmed, of course. Number eight, the first country I ever visited as a child. And I love their food is Belgium, so I appreciate that. There's always a strange country, one from left field, one that you wouldn't necessarily suspect. And at number nine, we have Cambodia. Oh, wow. Wow. So many thanks to all of our African listeners, and especially those in Cambodia. Number 10 is the Netherlands. Australia, what are you doing? Pull your socks up. Get stuck in there. Cannot believe Australia not in the top 10 this week. Must have been all the jokes we've been telling about Australians over the last five years. Elizabeth from Minnesota, when commenting on Rick Lagina's beard and hair, <laughs> his combo based on the curse of Oak Island, and I will be discussing that very, very shortly. She said she wants to start a Facebook site for my chest hair. I'd share that for you. Yes, I think there is a picture of me currently on my profile where there may be a little bit of chest hair poking through. (laughs) (laughs) You hairy like animal. (laughs) Go, baby. Very good. Wow. What about your back hair? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Gives a man something to hang on to. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to back that up. Wow. (laughs) Elizabeth is listening on SoundCloud, of course. All of our shows are archived over the last five years. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, everything is there for you. You can listen to them back to back if you want to listen to them on a long car journey wearing a gas mask. If you've just been let out of prison and you have nothing else to do. If you're in Australia currently, you can listen to those shows. Mowing the grass, shoveling the snow, sitting in your bedroom. At work, perhaps, in a little office in a cubicle (laughs) in South Dakota with nothing else to do. You're more than welcome to listen to us. You actually get 
20 to 25 minutes more of the show when you tune into our archives. And remember, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Brussels Sprouts, Gasbox, and all manner of wondrous and amazing things. If you can't find us, you've only got yourself to blame. But at the top of the hour, we stay in the studio. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes in a round that we cannot put out on air. Otherwise, we will be in a lot of trouble. But as we're looking for our stories from around the world, of the paranormal, the strange and the bizarre, we sometimes stumble across stories that are of a sexual nature. Mm. There's things there you would not want your mother to listen to in the round of Not For Your Mother. They are laden with big oodles of sticky... In the windows. The splattering (laughs) stains of... Octopuses. The moist drip... Octopuses? (laughs) Wow, I warned you about seafood, haven't I? I've lost my thread. I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. But you get extra on there. And people say it's their favourite part of the show. And if you're listening on SoundCloud now, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show. John has simply written, I love this show. We all love this show. Lorraine posted a pic of some bacon soda that she's seen in a shop selling bacon-flavoured soda, I believe, and said, I thought of you guys. There was also butter-flavoured soda. Do you want to try that? Do you want a nice big swig of butter-flavoured soda? And there was ranch. I think we've tried the ranch soda, haven't we? We did with uh, chicken hot wings soda. Yeah, teriyaki chicken ranch soda combination. Brittany has posted, so glad it's Friday with the week I've had. I need all the laughs and accents from everyone. Accents? This is what I've got. There's no plan B. I don't think it's yours. Is, oh, it's not mine. Yeah. Fair enough. I need all the laughs and accents from everyone that I can get. Thank Aww. you, MQTA, for always putting a smile on my face, mm-hmm. especially when I need it the most. Thanks, Brittany. Mm-hmm. If you leave right. chip, chip. this show with more than you arrive with, if we make you laugh, if you smile, if we stretch you cerebrally, then you can donate a single dollar on Patreon. This show is free. It will always be free. But if you wish to donate a single dollar on Patreon.com, MQTA Radio, that will pay for our studio time and all of the costs of all the platforms that we share our show on. And we have many patrons on there, and we appreciate each and every one of them. And a big hello, of course, to Martin in New York. Hi, Martin. If you wish to join our Twitter account, we have 100,000 listeners, and you can currently... Go on Twitter, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. My books are also out and available. If you like ghosts, if you like hauntings and history, spooky things, if you like psychic, if you like theology, all of that's there for you. If you go on Amazon, search for Adrian Lee. My book, Mysterious Midwest, unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead is one of them on there. And it has amazing reviews if you wish to look at those as well. And a forward written by Grammy Award winning basis of Megadeth. David Ellison. The Curse of Oak Island. This Tuesday, we said last week we would watch The Curse of Oak Island and we would comment live and play the drinking game whenever certain things were mentioned, like the number of people that died on the island, whenever the Knights Templar were brought up, whenever we saw Rick Lagina's beard just relaxing, (laughs) having a cigarette, sat in a director's chair. Away from Rick, just getting some quiet time. You were allowed to have a drink. This was so successful. I just want to say that thank you to all of the many, many listeners to this show that joined us on Facebook to comment live 
whilst watching The Curse of Oak Island. Some of the comments on there were truly remarkable. I think there was 140 comments by the end of the night and all of them hilarious and very, very funny. I didn't realise it was a two-hour special. No. This Mm -mm. is two hours of my life. I will never, ever get back. What did they do in those two hours? I committed to this. I've invested in this show. This is the sixth season. I cannot now let it go. I'm with this to the bitter end. Even if there's 25 seasons, I'm going to be there watching this stuff. So two hours of my life, 120 whole minutes, as we have in Britain as a metric nation, they found a George III coin, Yep. a boulder with some holes in it, a slutty rock. That I think was for some very lonely sailors back in the day. Yeah, lots of fingers went in that one. And a brooch. Two hours of my life. Two hours. George the Third coin. George the Third, of course, responsible for the fact that you now have to pay twice as much taxes as Britain and don't have free healthcare and free education. You start to stuck with the plan a little bit longer. Mm. Two hours of my life. We're going to do the same this Tuesday. Join us on Facebook. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We will be commenting. It starts at 8 p.m. Central Time and we will watch The Curse of Oak Island together. Drink in hand. And thank you for those <laughs> who took part. Very briefly as well, I did a talk on Saturday in St. Paul in Minnesota to the Mayflower Society. Fabulous group of people. You have to be related to a direct descendant of one of the people that came over on the Mayflower. Oh, right. A wonderful group of people. They were very welcoming, despite the fact that they spent the first 20 minutes discussing the Revolutionary Wars, and I was wondering if I'd be welcome there, but they were very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the Town and Country Club in St. Paul. Wonderful people. I gave a fabulous talk, and it was very well received, so thank you. And if you are directly related to any of the ancestors from the Mayflower, there is a Mayflower Association for you. And you can join all those people and suddenly find 75 other people in Minnesota you hadn't previously been aware that you were related to. There we go. Mine came on the beer run. On the beer run. (laughs) You went out to get the beers because they ran out. Yep. Michelle is on zero. I have yet to score. Heather has scratched in the dirt, found a button, some coconut fibre and the lucky number one. (laughs) Chad has found an entire two-handed Roman broadsword and he's currently on eight. As we enter the first round, that is ghosts and hauntings. A family claimed their Remembrance Day snap was photobombed by a spooky figure in the background. Or a real person. Two pictures. (laughs) So what are you saying? Are you going to use the bunk word this early on in the show? Yeah. If you're playing the bell, bunk and snort drinking game, Miss Morris has given you your first shot and swig of the evening. Two pictures that were taken seconds apart show an eerie dark figure suddenly appear in the second photo. The family photos were taken after the service in St. Lawrence Church in Long Eaton, Derbyshire. St. Lawrence, of course, one of our favourite Halloween costumes, complete with barbecue grill. Ryan Leavesley, 31, (laughs) who posed with his son Hayden, 12, and nephew Zach shared the photos on Twitter. He wrote this picture was taken within seconds today at Long Eaton Church. What is in the background is unexplainable, and we didn't notice until it was pointed out. Many were quick to respond to the creepy photos. Thomas posted, ghosts are real, I promise you. This is why I'm scared of that place. Jason Forster posted, spooky, mate. Must be Australian. Struth. Others were sceptical and suggested the photo had been edited. Ryan said, people are saying it's photoshopped. I wish it was. It has to be someone walking around the corner at the exact moment. 
We didn't take much notice of the picture until someone pointed out to us the person in the background. That evening, once we looked and saw the person, we were really shocked and felt uneasy because we then noticed the person was not in the other picture, taken just a few seconds later. Whatever. Yeah. Go seconds apart or I don't know where to start. You decide. <laughs> Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and you will see the spooky bunk pictures for yourself. I will give myself two fabulous barber grilled, barber grilled, that's mm. a great word, isn't it? Not really. Compound noun. It's kind of amazing. That's not the word. Barber grilled. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you want to produce sausages and patties and call it barber grilled. Barber grilled food. I'm going to patent that. Make I do like a compound a noun. I love compound nouns. It's tremendous. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and haunting? I got big news oh huge She's news huge massive ginormous news i like ginormous. it dan Aykroyd reignites ghostbusters 3 reunion talk Busting oh. makes me feel oh, good yeah. please i'm not afraid not afraid well i'm not sure anyone deserves this wonderful bit of news after the way people behaved during the release of paul feig's reimagining of ghostbusters but Dan Aykroyd has just reignited talk of a third film reunion. I deserve it. Yeah, I think they need it. I think we all deserve it. Feig blew it. Yeah. You have to say, though, that it would be it? more disappointing if they got all the old crew back together. And then it was bad. Do you see what I mean? You make the assumption that getting all these old men back together is going to make this just good by default, by it osmosis. It will. It will You think be. it will? Duh. Yep. So uh. what have you seen any of these people in in the last 10 years that's Doesn't been matter. funny? Even the fact that they would be behind it writing would make it a billion times better. Yeah. A billion. I was under the impression that Dan Aykroyd was behind the writing of the last one. No, he hated it. You want me to read it? Absolutely, do All I? All right. <laughs> do I? Do I? <laughs> Going way back, Aykroyd's Ghost Corps had long been developing a Ghostbusters 3, which was constantly being held up by co-star Bill Murray. Story details leaked as we learned that the film was to star Dana and Peter... And their love child, oh. which was Oscar, a post-grad student who is forced to take over the business after Vinkman dies in the first scene. Murray's character was to be a ghost in the third film, which allegedly had been greenlit up until Harold Ramis got sick and eventually passed away. What does that sound like to you guys? It sounds like what I came up with. They're going. Disappointment. They're ghosts. No. Little Oscar. Little Oscar was supposed to take over, remember? Yes. I remember you said that a long uh, time ago. Like years and years and years ago. I need to be in on this. It's my idea. I win. Let's go back and listen through the episodes of several years ago where you came up with that plot line. I think we I actually. Are you calling this bunk? I'm not calling it bunk. I'm saying. Not you. Adrian. I came up with this. Miss Morris I has been banging it. on about this for, ever since this. that Ghostbusters film came out. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, we have enough fans. They probably know the episode where I mentioned it. You tell us so we can nail it. Yeah. Anyway, Fig came in 
and put a new spin on Ghostbusters, assembling an all-female crew and attempting to echo their original film's comedic past. It didn't even come close. There's nothing funny, is there, and a fat woman falling over, because Laurel and Hardy never did that a hundred years ago. I hate forced humor, and it was that bad. I'm sorry. The community grotesquely turned on the remake and made it embarrassing to be a Ghostbusters fan. Aykroyd wasn't a fan either, publicly expressing disdain for the film and blaming its future on Feig's ballooned budget, while Feig has expressed interest in returning to the director's chair for a sequel. Didn't know about that and hope it doesn't happen. That's not going to happen. They lost a lot of money. There's no way that's going to happen. Aykroyd actually said he was never going to let it happen and has not only been developing an animated feature, he's also been reviving the long undeveloped Ghostbusters 3 script. There is a possibility of a reunion with the three remaining Ghostbusters, said Aykroyd. It's being written right now. He added, I think Billy, or Bill Murray, will come. The story is so good, even if he just plays a ghost. So, you're welcome for my idea. I still like the idea that they have Harold Ramis back in the film and they use CGI to make him a ghost and totally help, them, do it. help yeah. them from the other side. Yep. Yep. That would be awesome, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Me. The police. If there's something weird <laughs> and it don't look good, who are you going to call? Me. That's still the police. Uh-oh. An invisible man sleeping in your bed? I'm calling the police. No, me. I'm calling the police. <laughs> They're not going to call. <laughs> I don't mind if it's the right invisible man. <laughs> there are more questions than answers. Morris gets some points and she's up to a nice Ecto-3. Jenna Bush Hager may longer call 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue home, but the former first daughter vividly remembers a spooky encounter at the White House with ghosts. The Today Show star divulged that she and her twin sister Barbara were possibly visited by a paranormal spirit twice during their time residing in the presidential mansion. My phone rang. It woke us up in the middle of the night. We had a fireplace in our room. And all of a sudden we started hearing 1920s piano music. As clear as day, coming out of the fireplace, I jumped in Barbara's bed. We were both awake there. If you want a girl to jump into your bed, 1920s piano music is the way to go. Works every time. The next week, (laughs) yes it does with 80 year olds. The next week we heard the same thing. I don't know what she was wearing, but it needed ironing. No. no. We heard this very same thing the next week, but this time it was opera, and we talked ourselves out of it. But then I said to a guy, Buddy, one of my favorite men in the world who still works at the White House, I said, Buddy, you wouldn't believe what we've heard last night. And he goes, oh, Jenna, you wouldn't believe what I've heard, she continued. It's haunted. It's scary. But they came with all good intentions. They were friendly ghosts, Hager Bush added with a laugh. The Bush twins have told the same ghost story before and are sticking by it. In October 2017, interviews with People and E! News, Barbara backed her sister's claims, which Jenna has previously described as the wildest thing that ever happened to us living in the White House. I'm sure wilder things have happened to others in the Wild House, don't you? Yeah. The Bush twins wouldn't be the only first family members to believe the executive mansion is haunted as the spirits of Abigail Adams, Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln have reportedly been spotted wandering through the 132-room mansion house throughout the years. That would be the A-team, of course. I believe 
every political word or that's fake and absurd you decide go to our facebook site more mm -hmm. questions and answers with adrian lee for the full haunted white house story michelle what have you got for us tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings a megachurch pastor in the ozarks has warned his congregation of the dangers of yoga according <laughs> to usa I've heard about today the dangers of yoga yeah are you big in the ozarks no oh, i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> At a paranormal-themed mass before Halloween, Pastor John Lindell told his 10,500 followers that yoga positions were created with demonic intent to open you up to demonic power because Hinduism is demonic. Mm, that's demonic. what I was thinking. I was thinking Hinduism goes back thousands of years before Christianity. Mm -hmm. You think? If we're going to play that card. I got stuck in a yoga pose once and I did think I was possessed by a demon. Wow. <laughs> that was the best pose for conception, though. Do you remember the Big Lebowski? What's that some yeah. kind of yoga? It's good for conception. <laughs> <laughs> he also spoke out against fortune-telling and paganism. According to Lindell, America has moved on to a post-Christian culture where the country has lost its ability to spot obvious evils like yoga. It would have been a given that yoga was inherently a form of Eastern mysticism that Christians should absolutely avoid. But that is no longer the case, the Missouri-based holy man preached. The pastor went on to tell his flock not to surrender their minds to meditation, as that would be spiritually dangerous. So let's tell you the problem with this, is the fact that 95% of yoga is practiced by women. And this is about controlling women. Yes. Women aren't allowed to belly dance. Women aren't allowed to do yoga. Women can't do this. Women can't do that. This is about controlling the things that women enjoy doing. Oh, don't let them meditate and think for themselves either. No. It's better than sitting around and doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. On the upside, Lindell assured his flock that they'd be okay if they quit practicing yoga immediately. <laughs> I can't say the same if you keep doing it, he cautioned. Apparently, some of the pastor's followers heeded that warning. Stephanie Wabina, who runs Live Pure Yoga in Springfield, Missouri, claims she knows a studio that lost 10 of its members after Lindell's bizarre sermon. Yes. Must be terrible, mustn't it, that women are doing things for themselves. Like that dangerous Satan in worshipping yoga. Mm. I shall give you points, Michelle. You're now up to a nice downward dog, too, as we move into the round. Ow. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. <laughs> it's green men and very slippery beasties. Mysterious beast dubbed Ogopogo or Canada's Loch Ness Monster is caught on camera for the first time in three years. <gasps> Canada's very own Loch Ness Monster reared its large head in Lake Okanagan this month, making it the first time that it's been seen in several years. Huh. David and Keith Howbauer were enjoying a picnic at the lake when they noticed the large monster. Wow, isn't that always the way picnics <laughs> go downhill very quickly, don't they? Do you want to see what's in the basket? Nope. Wow. When you're sitting by the beach on a sunny day, you don't expect to see a dinosaur come out of the water. Unless Janice Dickinson's on vacation. <laughs> uh, 
I saw this black form come out of the water cylindrical and then roll. There you go. It's Fred, the Welsh dinosaur. According to the brothers, the animal has the appearance of a giant snake and appears to be about 15 metres long. Mm. Since that spotting, two other folks have come forward with their own accounts of seeing the beast that was long described in indigenous communities. It was said that the monster would rise from the water when storms battered the lake. A more official sighting was first documented in 1972. Black dinosaur in the water. Or things ain't how they ought are. <laughs> Second rhymes, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers. The monster rearing its ugly black head from the picnic table will be there for you in glorious Technicolor. Miss Morris, what have you got for me in the round of Green Men and Hairy Beasties? Well, two divers have come across something extraordinary. According to a recent excursion off the coast of New Zealand, resembling a long, hollow windsock, Adrian wow. Lee. Mm. Uh, You'd this... skip on that on Tinder, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> this perplexing sea creature is actually not one, but hundreds of thousands of individual Organisms, and yes, I read that wrong oh, <laughs> originally. <my. laughs> yes, you wouldn't be able to have that in Wisconsin while you're firing your gun off. <laughs> Not hundreds of thousands. Well, they thrive together in a colony, which is fabulous. Known as pyrosomes, they can be found throughout the Pacific, but rarely appear this large. Yay, mm. bigger is better. Having seen that oh, this one in person Why am I here? or even footage or photos of one before, I was quite incredulous <laughs> and elated that such a creature existed in New Zealand and it was huge like a big old windsock. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It was very puzzling but also fantastical to be able to view it right up close with my eyeballs and spend so much time with it, caressing it and giving it love. I believe it's possibly a pyrosome or styrofoam. Occasionally, (laughs) they are caught in nets and fish nets, stockings, but not many. Intact large specimens like this big old sock have been caught, to my knowledge, or knowledge. At times, there could be blooms of thousands of small versions of these creatures in many parts of the world and corners. But it's round, so there should be no corners. But not something I had ever seen before in this world. Thank you very much. Pyrosome. What country is this? That was Cambodia. That's Cambodia, is it? No, it it was New Zealand. New Zealand. Of course it was. (laughs) I've been a fool. It's right next to Cambodia, right? Yes. Just Cambodia is the next country on. Of course it is. What was I thinking? I'm going to give you two magnificent, large, well-rounded styrofoam points, Miss Morris. (laughs) We're going up to a New Zealand... Five. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? A type of deep-sea cucumber with a very unusual name has been filmed in the Southern Ocean for the first time. The creature, which had previously only been seen in the Gulf of Mexico, was captured on video using a special type of camera technology developed by researchers from the Australian Antarctic Division. We're very heavy on lake and water monsters, aren't we? Yeah. You wait all year for one to come along and then three come along at once. That's right. Remarkable. 
Mine is nicknamed the Headless Chicken Monster. I've seen that in oh, my awesome. refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking refrigerator. <laughs> the Headless Chicken Monster. That one came back to life. <laughs> this strange deep sea species ranges in color from bright pink to reddish brown and is semi-transparent which means that it is possible to see its internal organs as it silently swims through the depths. Some of the footage we are getting back from the camera is breathtaking, including species that we have never seen in this part of the world, said program director Dr. Dirk Diggler. No, (laughs) (laughs) Wellsford. Michelle, you will gain two more large cucumber-shaped points mm. i will squeeze one more story in very quickly a dinosaur called fred is missing after being washed away during Aww. storm callum fred is one of 250 models at dania Ogoff caves in the national showcase center for wales in powys kerry bennett who looks after the dinosaur says fred was likely to be in the river tour and hopes he can be found before being swept out to sea the center's owner said fred disappeared after a ledge collapsed during the storm, the Velociraptor model was made from fiberglass and resin and was hollow inside, so should float, they added. By now, it should be somewhere in Canada. <laughs> 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 Mr. Bennett said, Mr. Bennett, I'm undone. Over the years, you get fun of them, and this is the first one that's disappeared on my watch. The centre is offering $500 for the Velociraptor's return. If you're kayaking and you saw that bobbing by, you would be paddling very hard. Hard. Dinosaur in the Bay, or I don't believe a word they say, go to our Facebook site. We're going to squeeze in a couple more stories as quickly as we can in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that don't fit easily into any other category. Miss Morris, what have you got for me first in the round of S&B? Well, there has been a man that has taken legal action to actually change his age because he wants to be as old as he feels, apparently. What? 69-year-old... Emil <laughs> Radelbrand, Radelband, I don't know. Rubber band. Something like that. Rubber band. I had a chicken once that <laughs> swallowed a rubber band. It laid the same oh, egg three times. Well, he has actually taken his action to the local authority and to court in an effort to have his age legally changed to 49. The Dutch entrepreneur and TV personality who was born on the 11th of March in 1949 took legal action after being refused an application to have his date of birth officially changed to the 11th of March 1969. Rubber Band maintains that he feels 20 years younger than he actually is and will enjoy numerous benefits from having this formally recognized on his birth certificate. So, he also claims that he has been discriminated against due to his age. (laughs) The case has caused quite a lot of controversy and debate in his native Netherlands. I have done a checkup. And what does it show? It shows that you need some lessons in linguistics, what it shows. My biological age is 45 years. When I'm 69, I am limited. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house. I can drive a different car. I can take up more work because I like to work. Very angry, this Dutchman. <laughs> When I'm on Tinder, now we know the real issue. When I'm on Tinder, 
It says I'm 69. I don't want to be such a thing. <laughs> Why doesn't he lie like I, everybody else on Tinder? I don't get any answer when it says I'm 69. When I'm 49, with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position with some woman and some chungas. <laughs> The court is due to deliver its verdict within the next four weeks for Mr. Emil. Emil. 49-year-old Emil, Tinder swipe right. Tinder swiper. Tinder swipe right. <laughs> Why am I here? Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S&B? Oh, this is fun. A 23-year-old woman removed her belly button and gave it to her ex-boyfriend as a present. To put his salt in. You can put the salt in that and dip your chips in it. There you go. Christmas is coming. You can chew it. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, chewy. <laughs> Body modification fanatic Paulina Landeros from Jalisco, Mexico, underwent numerous surgeries such as a back corset, which involves piercing. Oh God, on, I've seen those. Yep, oh. Piercings on either side of the spine, and she's rocking a split tongue. Oh nice. no, yes. no like a fork. Snake. Yeah, sexy. Mm -hmm. She later decided to remove her belly button, as it is what makes us human. Wait a second, wait a second. Can she speak out of both sides of her mouth then? I hope so. Okay. She could lick two ice creams at once, if that's oh. beneficial. Mm. Not just two ice creams. No. Nope. Oh. Ice pops. Yeah. Any kind of candy. Anything. Lollipops. <laughs> she decided to remove her belly button, as it is what makes us human, before giving it as a present to her then boyfriend Daniel Hold, Ramirez. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make her human. My dog has a belly button. I love that dog. I know. I think, <laughs> and I could be wrong, that if you get a crack in a piece of glass, the best thing to do is to drill two holes in each end. It stops the crack from spreading. I would worry if her belly button's removed. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You must have more of the story, Michelle, jumping <laughs> yes. quickly. But following the removal three years ago, she says she ultimately regrets her decision, describing it as reckless and impulsive. Body really? Yeah. Put it back. Shocker. It will never close entirely. That's Whoa. disgusting. Mm. Paulina said she knew she wanted to give the body part to Daniel as an ultimate token of love. It was something that I did on the spur of the moment. We were young and stupid, but that's the way I felt. I put it in... What, stupid? <laughs> I put She's it not as stupid as you look. <gasps> oh, How controversial. Dare you. How dare you. I will you. slap you, sir. Very, very dare you. We are good friends now, but we will always love each other. There, love finds a way. We enter the round that we call Not For Your Mother. We've stayed in the studio, so thank you for joining us and being tech-savvy and searching for us on one of our platforms. Please leave us a review or press the little orange love heart. Why don't you cut and paste what you're listening to right now and share it on your social media and tell the whole wide world that you're listening to the only paranormal quiz radio show anywhere in the world, I'm going to start us off tonight. Remember, if your mother's in the room, she needs to be removed or smothered with a pillow. If you've got small children, then obviously the best thing to do is to feed them a heavy metal like thallium over a six-month period. It's almost untraceable. Mm -hmm. A pensioner who <laughs> broke his penis in two places. <gasps> two? 
while having sex too. in a motel, was admitted to hospital with his manhood resembling an aubergine-sized saxophone. Is that a compound <laughs> fracture? <laughs> well, a compound, I think, is when the bone comes through, but I'm no expert. That's right. <laughs> Who was wow. he having sex with? <laughs> a saxophone. Wow. <laughs> the 62-year-old surnamed Lau from Taichung oh. in Taiwan reportedly heard a loud crack as his member fractured into three segments. Oh, no. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. <laughs> yeah. His lover rushed Lau to <laughs> Fengyan Two Hospital, Ministry of Health and Welfare. Dr. Kao Chai Chang, a urologist, said it was shaped like a saxophone and was the size of an aubergine <laughs> probably the same color i would guess do you know what an aubergine is it's an eggplant oh, right Lisa, yeah. aubergine. Okay. eggplant Me. dr Kao chai chung demonstrates <laughs> how the patient's penis snapped in two places shaped like a saxophone and was the size of an eggplant he added when he was admitted the penis was already bruised and swollen due to the double fracture he needs a bag of frozen peas did it turn purple too i think it may have been purple. Mm, with the purple people Going later. towards <laughs> purple worm. <laughs> purple worm. <laughs> the injury is caused by the rupturing of the penis enveloping membrane, Tunica albuginea. I think I dated her once. She was from Portugal. Albuginea. If Tunica albuginea is listening, she can write to me. The medic and his team mended his membrane in order for him to regain his erectile function. Oh, Didn't good. we talk about this one time? Don't they have to put like a splint on it? Yes. Oh, or at least a McDonald's milkshake straw. A little cast. <laughs> <laughs> what color do you get at that point? Can you write your name on it? <laughs> oh, look, there's room for your middle name. Oh, oh. Or if you only sign your initials, we Working. have other issues. <laughs> Why is there far written on it? No, that says Ferrari. Oh. The medical and his team. The medic and his team mended his membrane in order for him to regain his erectile function. Dr. Yeah. Kuo said the retiree should not suffer any long-term effects from this unfortunate injury, but cannot look an eggplant in the eye. You said long-term <laughs> effects. Yeah, he noted, from my experience, the earlier a patient has surgery, the less likely he is to be affected by erectile dysfunction in the future. He added some post-surgery effects include irregular erections. Boing. <laughs> like a balloon animal. Look, I've made you a horse. Great. <laughs> there you go. You can mm. put that on your head. He added some post-surgery effects can happen, but they're quite low, apparently. Roughly 3 to 5%, you'd have problems. Pointing off to the left, to the right, shape of a balloon animal, that kind of thing. Dr. Cow also revealed all the penile <laughs> fracture patients I've met suffered from their injury during woman on top intercourse. Uh, this is the dangerous position, apparently. Woman on top is what you've got to look for. If you have your woman on top. Like a reverse cowboy? You're looking like an eggplant <laughs> come <Cowboy>. saxophone combo. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, girl. <laughs> the medic said men with a suspected fracture should keep an ice pack on their penis before immediately seeking medical attention. No. Using a bag of peas in a way that a bag of frozen peas... Mushy peas. ...shouldn't be allowed. Mm -mm. I read online that a young girl 
asked for Christmas, anything to do with Frozen, and her dad got us some pizzas and a couple of bags of frozen peas. Nice. That's terrible. Everything you'd want for no. Christmas. Oh, I don't let like it go. It. Right there, Michelle. Oh, Chad, that was terrible. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? The advertisement is called Thumbs, but viewers watching Boxy's new creative offering say they can see something more saucy. Mm. The advert shows a mountainous forest setting and is a play on a civilization worshipping a supreme being. The population are the Thumbs, and the being is the phone network, except some of the Thumbs look a bit phallic. Like penises? Like penises. Phallic from pen 15s. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Writing on Twitter, user Thomas Hobbs wrote, I'm sure Vodafone set out to make a snappy advert. All about thumbs and phone use for its boxy brand. Somehow the reality is a field full of cocks. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> well done. A field of dreams. <laughs> you like that thing? <laughs> Wow. My mum was worried and she saw a gynecologist last week, but apparently she got the thumbs up. Oh. No. no. I love this show. Another confused viewer, Jackie Neal, wrote, Not sure the thumbs in the Voxy UK advert look as much like thumbs as they should. Mm. Martin Early added, Has anyone noticed the Voxy adverts on TV? Those thumbs look more like a certain part of the male anatomy. Didn't you tell me, Miss Morris, that your ex had a thumb? Mm, a little thumb. Yeah, a that's right. <laughs> Tom Thumb. Tom yes. Thumb. Nice. And His hitchhiking days were ruined. Ruined. You've <laughs> ruined it. And Sam wrote, I know there's supposed to be thumbs on that boxy UK advert, but some of them look like mini knobs. The brand, which is part of Vodafone, was quick to respond when Twitter user Sarah Williams wrote, Boxy UK had to look twice. Are them thumbs or willies? And responded from the brand account, they're definitely thumb series. Boxy is a new mobile network created for people under 30. With thumbs. Mm -hmm. We need to look out for that. We can decide for ourselves if you go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee, Christmas just around the corner. Yes, it is. What is it, six, five, six weeks away? Uh, it's a little six. bit away. It's creeping up on us. Don't panic, of course. You can now buy Christmas wreaths for your unfested nipples. Do you want a Christmas wreath oh, for your awesome. nipples? No. You don't. You're going to leave them alone, are you? What's it made of? Well, I'm guessing it's flesh and blood and gristle and... <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, disgusting. Hair? hair. It's Tendons. a hard task. Well, you've got a tendon. You're old Cooper's droopers. You want to see him flex? No, I'm good. <laughs> I can do it. You want to see all three? Jesus, that looks like <laughs> military webbing. I've seen people throw themselves out of plane with less webbing than that. Here we go. You've picked up your festive bleach for the toilet. You've turned your brows into Christmas trees. You've even yeah. made sure yeah. to wipe your bottom only with mold wine scented paper. Oh, I thought you said mold. Mold. Yeah. <laughs> with moldy scented paper. Moldy mm. wine. Do you want some moldy yeah. wine? It's hot. You'd still drink it. Mm. <laughs> but what wine. on earth are you going to do about the old raspberry ripples, the old nipples, your unfestive, thoroughly lacking in Christmas spirit, 
nipples. Silver dollar shiners, go on. Do not fear. <laughs> Christ, they're like a couple of cigar butts. What's wrong with you? That's like a ripe olive. Do not fear. You don't need to fashion teeny Santa hats for your nips or paint your breast to look like Rudolph. Boo-hoo is here to help. Boo-hoo? The fashion, exactly. The fashion brand is now selling specially designed festive nipple pasties made to look like Christmas wreaths. They've even got jingle bells on. Didn't oh, you hear great. mine when I came into the studio? <laughs> jingle. I wondered what that was. All the way. I didn't think it was unusual. <laughs> the nipple covers are made up of green and red pom-poms decorated with tinsel. You pop them on your nips and voila your body's as festive as it can be if you don't fancy having wreaths on your boobs i wonder if you could do that for someone who's died you know you bring a wreath to the funeral and you could put it on your nipple on your grand's nipple try it there oh. we'll have to try that the next time we're at a funeral once you pop do you they, can't stop do they make them for men too I don't know. I'm guessing that we can... Uh, they call them jingle balls. I think there is something on the market there. We might look into that. If you don't fancy having wreaths on your boobs, you could grab Boohoo's other Christmas-themed nipple covers. They also have a Christmas present design. At £4 a pair, which is about $6, we reckon it's worth splashing out on a few. Mine only weigh three pounds. Can we splash out on some that's... nipple wreaths? <laughs> that's right. You could have one set to put on top of your Christmas jumper and one to wear underneath. Lovely. Just please make sure that your nipples don't go unchristmas this year. No one mm. wants the shame of having undecorated nipples while they're decking out the Christmas tree. <laughs> the shame. I don't want to be that relative who comes with undecorated nipples. Fun I just want, for all the family. I just want hot cocoa. Miss Morris. Yeah. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, I've got a fun story, if that helps. Oh, yes. Fantastic. A woman is suing her ex-boyfriend, and this wouldn't be my story, by the way, mm. after his abnormally long penis allegedly overstretched her vagina. Lovely. She sued him? Yeah. I learned out like this. <laughs> it was like this. <laughs> I learned out like this. That's right. Unbelievable. What? This is why we can't have cameras in the studio. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Oh, <laughs> <green> curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Cylindial Magina Magina Magaga. Magina. 29 is planning to undergo reconstructive surgery after getting intimate with Magov Karima. 37, but she wants Karima to pay the whopping 150,000. God, that's a lot of money. Rand. Oh. Which is actually only 8,000 pounds, Eight which bucks. is what, 9,000 US dollars mm. or 10,000 maybe? 8,000 pounds is going to be about twelve to $13,000. Well, she wants him to pay for the cost of this and is reportedly taking him to court. Cylindile of Harare, Zimbabwe, told the Zimbabwe Mail that her private parts were tight. I mean tight, tight, before her ex in 2016. That's exactly what it was. 
she was so tight. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, she said, "Wow, she, there's a first on this show. We've been going five years. <laughs> Morris isn't going there." She said she fell in love, even though he was allegedly married at the time. You dirty little cylindrical dill. <laughs> Sundial oh. deal. Right. I want one of those in the garden. You can tell the time with your sundial deal. Well, she ended the relationship in May, so she had a good two years of poking. After Karima is allegedly... I've ruined you for other men. She stretched her to the capacity. Her vajayjay went like this. Like stretching a balloon yeah. before you blow yeah. it up. Yeah. It is currently unclear how much Dildil had her vajayjay stretched by his penis because she wouldn't let anybody know how big his penis really was. Well, she's going to have to get out in a court of law. been using toys, you know, to stretch it bigger. Kind of like one of those shoe stretchers. Oh, shoe stretchers. Oh, this is where yeah. we're going, is it? Yeah. yeah. Just to get money. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she was naughty. The woman reportedly asked the court through her lawyers, Dakari Masandu and partners, to force Karima to pay for reconstructive surgery of her vajayjay to make it smaller, like sewing it up like a leather pouch. Lovely. Yeah. Karima is yet to respond to the allegations, probably because he hasn't been able to hear them because his cock's too big. <laughs> what was that? Say that again. <laughs> I missed that. Say that again. What was you saying? <laughs> Just repeat the last sentence. I didn't catch it. Earlier this year, we reported how a man who claims to have the largest penis in the world, 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 world. <laughs> At 13.5 inches. I thought the guy in Mexico had 19. Oh, his name is John Falcon. Moby Dick. He is trying to become an actor. Is he? Oh, an actor. But he said in June, it sucks. It it sucks. (laughs) It relegates me into doing smaller parts. Yes. And then I laughed and fell off the chair. He was recently seen in Canada (laughs) swimming in a lake. Oh, maybe in Germany or in the UK I might get help with my acting career with my big penis. Mm. But in Hollywood it's a no-go. Apparently Hollywood's a no-go for him. I only get little parts. He only gets little parts. Of course he does. Yes, because everybody likes him big in Hollywood. <laughs> wow. He's actually producing a calendar for next year where he's actually appearing on May, June and July. <laughs> wow. Well, all good things come to an end. So tonight scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery is Michelle who managed to score four. She gets a week-long yoga class with an ex-boyfriend that will leave her in a very difficult position. Oh, God. In third place is myself who didn't get beyond the score of five. I get a deep lake diving vacation in a plesiosaur suit with an amorous lake monster. Mm. In second place is Heather who scored seven. She gets a large soccer cucumber and two hours alone time in New Zealand. But our runaway leader of tonight's show winning the $33,000 IR camera is Chad in first place with a lovely symmetrical rounded 
eight. He gets yeah, a chance to change his name shell. legally because we have an attorney on a retainer. You are now apparently 49 years old, <laughs> sir. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week. At the same time, I've just put about 10 years on you and a little bit more, I suspect. <laughs> That's right. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And if you choose to write to me, we love reading your comments and we will make that happen in the mailbag section of the show. You can join me on Twitter at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and jump over to SoundCloud right now. SoundCloud.com MQTA radio where you will get an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round we call not for your mother. My gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chaton Drainer, Chad Peters, Michelle Corey, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. We are the light before the darkness. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting.